Roman Gabriel Show. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show. It's a Roman Gabriel Show throwback with host Roman Gabriel. Roman goes up close and personal with high-impact difference makers from the world of sports and entertainment. Get more exclusive content at RomanGabrielShow.com. Roman Gabriel Show. Check out more at RomanGabrielShow.com. Now, here's your host, Roman Gabriel. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show, RomanGabrielShow.com, and with me is the venerable Tony Dungy. Tony, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I don't know if I like that word venerable. That well, that's makes a, that's it seem a positive like thing. That's a, no, but we're not old. Not we're old. not old. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take it then. Well, it's great to see you, Coach, always. <laughs> it's good to be with you and uh, great to be back at another Super Bowl. Yeah, well, it's great to be back in person, right? Yes. Face-to-face. Yeah, finally. Uh, you know, had a couple of years, no fans, and then, you know, segmented off but finally back here at full steam and it, it's great to see the energy here well coach you and i have been in a lot of bart star breakfasts over the years haven't we yes we have and, and it's uh, one of the most incredible events of the super bowl there's nothing like it and you get the chance to give out the bart star award and you and i both were friends with bart and his family uh talk about this award and what it means yes um this award has been given now for the last 35 years to a player and it's picked by the players they they vote for their peers and it's someone who has not only had a great year on the field but been dynamic in the community and off the field and been a leader and it's just that that is beautiful to see and then at the breakfast there's also a gospel presentation where they share the the message of jesus christ so you get three thousand four thousand five thousand people in to honor a football player and that's great but to hear that message that there's more to football than just on the field there's more to life than just what we see and tony it's all about faith family and football that was your mantra as a coach it's been that way for life Tell people out there that don't know that priority why faith, family, football means so much to you. Well, I was really blessed to grow up in a home where my mother talked about that, that it's not what you do in life, it's how you do it, who you do it for, and and our faith being so important. Then I was uh, blessed to join the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, when I played for Chuck Knoll, the, the very first thing that he told us in the first meeting I was ever in was, Hey, you're a professional now. You're going to get paid to play football. It's your profession. Don't make it your life. It cannot be your whole life. You have to have a purpose in life, and we've got to help you find that. And so that's where the, the, the faith came in. The football, you know, is secondary. And then family, um, you know, there's nothing more important than family. And we used to have what well, Coach Noel called Family Saturdays, where the Saturday practice, everybody was allowed to bring their kids to, to just celebrate being together. And I, I that, that stuck with me. So for the 13 years I was a head coach, we had Family Saturdays to emphasize just how important that is. Coach, you told me before you left as a coach that you said to me, uh, I want to have an impact when I retire uh, to focus on ministry. You know, as a football coach, I do what I can do, but when I get out, I'm really going to go for it. 
Uh, it's, it's been a while since you've been out. We've talked about this before, but for the fans out there who think about Tony Dungy post-coach, tell me about this ride and, and about what it's been like to really focus on ministry in so many different ways. Yeah, I've had a chance to go to events and speak uh, for a lot of Christian functions. I've had a chance to support All Pro Dad, a fatherhood organization. I've had a chance to do uh, prison ministry. I went to see Michael Vick uh, in Leavenworth Prison, and that was one of the highlights of my life. So uh, being able to do things for the Lord off the field has been awesome. Well, Coach, faith, family, and football, and you gave us an opportunity to cover you at the Super Bowl, and you paid for it, and I'm so grateful for you for that start because it built a ministry that we're still doing around the world telling your message and everybody's message that loves football. Amen. Well, thank you, Roman. It's always great to be with you, brother. All right. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah. The Roman Gabriel Show. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show. It's a Roman Gabriel Show throwback with host Roman Gabriel. Roman goes up close and personal with high-impact difference makers from the world of sports and entertainment. Get more exclusive content at RomanGabrielShow.com. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show, RomanGabrielShow.com. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts, as well as on DBTV, iHolyfield TV, Comfy TV. Uh, we've got two brothers with us, the McAllister brothers, man, and we're going to talk about something really exciting at 7. So what we got here is Cody, yep. Jacob, Cody with Nashville, yeah, right? Raiders, yeah. right here, Raiders Jacob. So how long have you guys been in the league? This was our sixth year. Oh, man. Sixth year in the league. Okay, so crazy, right? I mean, there's been some brother combinations, but how crazy is it for you guys to be in the league this long? Because people don't realize 2.7 around is the average. So you guys are veteran players, two brothers being able to play in the NFL together. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, I mean, does it get old, or do you guys just feel it's just the way it is? It never gets old because we've never had any time to relax. It's never been, like, secure in our job or have this sort of job security. It's always been trust in the Lord. Right. Every single year is like this faith journey of grinding it out, fighting, not quitting. And, but it is, like, the odds are insurmountable, and so especially twins. But well, see, my dad played 17 years in the NFL with the Rams and the Eagles, so I wanted to be uh, – I wanted to be a quarterback yeah. since I was nine years old, play pro football. Yeah, yeah. So I watched him play all those years. He played till I was out of, almost out of high school. So when you think about the father-son thing or the brother thing, it is crazy because my friends used to say, oh, quit talking about playing pro football. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Your dad was an all-pro. What thinks you think you can play pro football? Yeah. But I've talked to so many players like you that weren't number one picks, that my dad was a number one in both leagues. Okay. Uh, I was a free agent. So I know what you're talking about, about everything has to be earned, every opportunity you have to take it because you only get one shot. It's not like you're a one where you get two years to prove yourself. So, But that's almost great, isn't it, because it applies pressure to where you know you got to get it done now, and uh, that's pretty cool when you do get it done because it just builds confidence, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, we're so used to grinding it out every year and having to fight for what we get, and so it's nothing new to us. Um, it also just forces us to lean on the Lord and everything and, and um, lean on each other, really. I mean, having, having the ability to have a brother that you lean on that's going through the exact same thing, a lot of people don't have that. And so we're just really blessed to have each other through the process. Wide receiver. Tight end wide receiver. Tight end wide receiver offense. Okay, so uh, 
how many times did you play against each other? Just the just once. Once. Yeah, just once. He was on the Jaguars. I was on the Titans. That was last year. It was last year. How was that? It was crazy. Being on the, so we were on the same field when we were on the Patriots together. I never played because I was on the practice squad for one year and then IR the second year. This was the first time we were on the same field competing against one another. It was honestly just we felt blessed to be on the – So how, how do your parents handle that? Sweat jerseys. Is that it? That's <laughs> what uh, – I think that's what uh, Kelsey's mom was doing Monday night. Yeah. Honestly, it's – our mom is the type, like, she just doesn't want us to get hurt. Right. She's just – every time we get hit, she's just like crazy. And so she she doesn't even care who wins. She just wants us to get Everybody to get healthy and get out of the game good. Yeah, well – uh, my mom learned real fast yeah, that right. this isn't a game where everybody gets out healthy all the time. <laughs> it's a game of attrition, right? Yeah. Being in the right place, and sometimes you're not in the right place. That's just weird. Yeah, well, you guys uh, playing in the league today, at least you know now the helmets, the pads, the protection, you're not hitting as much. Uh, you know, when I played, you had a three-step rule to the quarterback, and that was basically four steps. So. <laughs> You know that you know that you're getting hit when you see a guy catch a ball and you get hit. Right. You know, yeah. And then you look back at the back judge and he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and then suspension helmets. So we we had a fun time. You know, how many fingers? You, were you good on that? Get, get get back in there. Yeah. So you guys you guys are protecting you now. They didn't they didn't protect us very good back then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I always tell people my dad is like I probably had thirty yeah, real yeah. concussions, not yeah. not not the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so these guys, I feel bad for some of the guys that are 45 today, you know, yeah. that are struggling with that. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? You guys hopefully know the history of the game, that these guys made it possible for you guys to have all the stuff you guys got going. Yeah. So uh, that's what I love about here. Definitely. Because you have so many guys from different generations coming for through. Sure, sure. And yeah. there's this camaraderie of, hey, you know, there's a building block and uh, there's a preceding people sacrifice for each other. Yeah. You're going to do that for the next generation of players. Uh, that's how we keep the league vital and, and great, right? That's exactly how we feel. It's, it's such a brotherhood. And even talking to you, it's, you know, it's guys like you that really did set the foundation for guys like us. And even having the ability through the NFLPA and all that, being able to protect us today, you know, unless we win. Well, I always tell everybody coming through, people think it's a big league. It's a small family. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we are at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, we cover it in the summer, and I get to see my dad's generation of guys. So yeah. I grew up as a kid with my dad's generation, 60s and 70s. Then I played in the 80s, and then I've covered everybody up until you guys to this point too. So yeah. you get to know so many great guys, guys that are doing great work. So let's talk about He Gets Us, the hashtag. They're going to have an incredible Super Bowl ad uh, that people are going to be have access to. What I love is, when you say the word Jesus, when you say the word God, it's a powerful thing, no matter whether you're a Christian or not. Both of you guys are faith-based guys, so our program's faith, family, and sports, faith, family, and football. So, what is what is what it about, about he gets us that gets you guys going in terms of this campaign, and what do you think it's going to do on Super Bowl Sunday? Really motivated by when they when they uh, approached us with it is just the way that they're going about it, and the way that we've always lived our lives is, is loving people first. Um, and everything that we do, and we've learned that from our mom and our dad and really all of our parents. Um, but, yeah, really what he gets us represents in the way that they call this third way. And, yeah. and it's just loving people. And rather than judging people and, and trying to fight against each other, it's like, man, let's take a step out outside and, and gain perspective on everything and how Jesus you know, was meant to represent 
uh, through the Christians today, and that's loving people really well. And so that's what I love about the He Gets Us campaign is it's it's really about just loving people and caring for people the way that we believe yeah. Jesus would. Yeah, it's easy to throughout people's lives, whether that be your childhood or trauma or different situations, it's easy to paint a picture of God that may not be accurate. And so you look at the scriptures and you look at Jesus and the, and the life of Jesus, even to a secular world, take Jesus's life and, and have a secular world even say, following the principles of Jesus, right. you'll see a better world. Then you take a believer and saying, this is my call as a believer. I've, I've died to myself and now I live in Christ. Well, now you see a, a, a believing family living in a way that people can see by the way that we love one another. And so that's what I've loved about this campaign is reflecting back on the love that Jesus has as to the, the enemies that you may perceive as enemies or, or people that you may perceive as different. It's, man, let, let you be known for your love. Well, your timing is everything. And uh, The Chosen being so popular has illustrated with your eyes. I mean, when you read Scripture, you imagine what Jesus would be like Scripture can sometimes be fast to where details are kind of left out in some of the scriptures. The thing I love about the chosen and what the he gets us is about Jesus really represented in there what you would think he would be. Right. Um, great compassion, met people's needs right where they're at. Didn't matter if he was busy or not. The disciples were always pulling, hey, we don't have time for this guy. Yeah. Jesus always had time for people in need and he always welcomed people with faith who would come and say i'm going to take a chance that you are who you say you are uh so the he gets this program is really cool um i always think about it this way as an evangelist that um we when we love people when we meet people's needs we win the right to share the gospel and the good news and that's what Jesus did. He took care of their immediate needs, and then the people loved him so much and were so appreciative of him. Many that didn't deserve at that time, deserves the wrong word, but um, weren't, weren't, weren't important, yeah, right. meaning nobody else would have given the time of day, but like women. Yeah, people, you know, today we don't know what that's about, but yeah. when you watch the woman at the well, they didn't talk to women. Yeah. Jesus not only says, I got an appointment, says, you guys go to town, yeah, let me right. do my business up here. A good Samaritan. Oh, so incredible. Situations where Jesus yeah. extends his hand to the one where they would say, that's unclean, by the law. Mm-hmm. And so he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Well, and you guys understand this. As football players, we all know when we go out on the field to prepare to play our opponent, they're not our friends that day. When you're on the field, it's all about winning. It's all about conquering. It's all about intimidation. <laughs> Whatever you got to do to get the job done, right? Yeah. But when you step off the field, when the game's over, when you join hands in the prayer, or whether it's after the game talking, everybody's a brother. Yeah. And that's why I love Jesus loved his rivals. Yeah. I mean, he, Jesus would be that way. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I always tell kids when I talk to them, I say, if you were going to see a guy that was Jesus, that was a football player living today, that Tim Tebow to me would be that guy. Not the most talented, but a guy who made everybody else better, who sacrificed, who was about team and not about himself, and who played hurt, and who did anything he could do to, to proliferate the gospel at any time. And, and so we have role models like you guys that show our kids what, what a real Christian is. And for me, I put football first, but when I saw went to college, was recruited, met two guys that God put in touch with me that were my guys that showed me around the first time that were really strong. For the first time I saw what a great football player that's a Christian looked like. I mean, not just saved, but I mean, somebody walking the walk. I I was so impressed because to me, 
I thought, well, I can't be a Christian and be a great football player, man, because yeah, I, 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 you know, the, the, that that doesn't sound right to me. Right. But then I found out that Jesus was would have been a great competitor, would have been the the competitor, man. And then you see that what it took for him to go to the cross, right? We talk about the cross, but for him to make it to the cross, and you guys know what we're talking about when you get to the fourth quarter, it's not anything like that, but you, where, where you've got to dig down deep on the final series and you've got to go 90 yards with no timeouts and you, you're, you've gotten your butt kicked all day, but yet you got your last shot. Uh, that, that's, what, that's what this is about, this He Gets This program. Everybody deserves the opportunity to hear the good news. Nobody is disqualified in God's kingdom. The Roman Gabriel Show. Everybody, this is Roman Gabriel, the president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation. You know, we've got a real crisis in our country right now with fentanyl uh, pouring over the border and killing our young people by the thousands. 300 a day right now are dying in the United States because of fentanyl. Number one killer of 18 to 45-year-olds. We also have hundreds of thousands of pounds coming into the country in pill form that look like sweet tarts. And we are seeing kids are dying for no reason. Uh, our government could stop this. We could get the border secure and closed down. But right now, the cartels are sending that over, the fentanyl over in every way, shape, or form. And parents, you need to be educated because they're attacking your kids on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, on social networking. These cartels are going online and they're putting uh, these drugs up for sale, whether they be opioids or whether it be vape, marijuana, um, pain pills, you name it, the fentanyl is laced in these things. So kids think that they're experimenting. All it takes is one, one pill kills. So parents, you need to have this discussion with your children about fentanyl and about no experimentation. So having this discussion is so critical and could save your child's life. Remember, keep your kids safe. Go to soldouttv.com. This is Nick Ruffini from Revoice Media, and I'm the executive producer of The Roman Gabriel Show. We got involved with this show because we realized that Roman has a passion for educating the next generation, and we need your help. We need you to be a donor and go to soldouttv.com and donate, whether it's one time or an ongoing basis. Please help us educate the next generation by becoming a donor. Go to soldouttv.com and click donate. And remember... You can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text Sold Out 20 to 484848. That's Sold Out 20 to 484848. And help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. The Roman Gabriel Show. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show with host Roman Gabriel. Faith, family, sports. Roman goes up close and personal with high-impact difference makers from the world of sports and entertainment. Get more exclusive content at romangabrielshow.com. Now, back to the Roman Gabriel Show. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show, romangabrielshow.com. Well, I got two special guys coming in with me. Chris Clem is with us from the Border Patrol. I can't wait to talk to him. Here you go. By the way, going into College Hall, Football Hall of Fame. Here's Chicago Bears, Lobo legend, Brian Erlacher with us. Brian, how are you, buddy? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, fell, hey listen. Talk to a fellow Lobo. That's Not right, many, my man. That's right. Out there. So you were at the Waste Management telling me that everybody had it up. 
right? Yesterday I played in the uh, the pro am, and every other hole it was everyone's a lobo, everyone's putting up the wolf, lobo. Wolf, wolf, wolf. I was like, what? There had to be 250 people, and I, you would never see people from UNM out in public. So, I was so, so Chris, just so people know, lobo, pack of wolves. Right. Pack of wolves, baby. That's well, it. I spent about six of my uh, 27 and a half years in southern New Mexico. Oh, is that right? That's yeah, true. I, I was okay. stationed in Lordsburg, uh, New Mexico, Truth of Consequences. And, uh, oh, yeah, okay. And I even had, ran the Albuquerque station for a short time. So uh, up there in Lobo country, but I was down there in Aggie country and, and yeah, everything we, else. We don't talk about them, We don't talk about them. We don't talk about them Aggies. That's right. Hey, hey, well, Brian, let's talk real quick about your bears. Uh, you know, they they got a new coach. Yeah. Hopefully, we can keep him for a while because that seems to be a problem with the Bears just keeping a coach. Yeah. Uh, we have the number one pick. That's not good. Yeah. You know, I just tell you what kind of season you have. But yeah, since since uh, the Bears fired Lovey, it's been uh, it's been tough. You know, I, I, Coach Nagy went to the playoffs two of his four years, and they, they canned him. And then uh, obviously last year, you know, the number one pick is not good. But you know, we have a lot of cap space. Uh, a lot. Of, you know, the thing that, that made me mad about last year is we traded our best player during the middle of the season. Ro- Roquan Smith, right. we trade. We drafted him number one, number eight overall pick. He performs well, plays well, and then we trade him. And we so, got rid of another great linebacker a couple years ago, right, oh, for the Bears, who went to, uh, who's your outside linebacker who was sack king. Oh, uh, the kid that went to um, yeah. uh, St. Louis, yeah. uh, the L.A. Rams, uh, yeah. the kid from Georgia, uh, Floyd. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's frustrating, you know, um, what happens there. But, you know, hopefully they, they can turn around this year and they get some spend that money the right way in the offseason and get a good number one pick. I don't know what they're going to do. It's, that's a tough situation to be you in. You would have been – you know what's interesting about your career is is, is you're really fit for this game because you were a good cover These guy. Days, you know, I was a little bigger. So somebody asked me what it was like now compared to what I play. I said the linebackers are smaller now. They're all 6'1", 6 feet, 220. I was, you know, 6'4", 255. But I could run, fortunately, like oh, yeah. the guys are, they're playing now. So I was very fortunate in that aspect. But it's a different game now. It's all about speed, getting the ball outside and running to the, the running game. is, Except for the, you know, the, the Eagles, the, game's, the running game is almost obsolete these days. It's not, it doesn't exist that much anymore. So, so what are you doing right now? I mean, you got something going? Yeah. Well, I live here in AZ. Um, my kids are, my youngest is 17. He'll graduate next year. My oh middle my daughter God. is 18. She graduates this wow. year. Wow. And my oldest is graduating college this year. So once we get them out the door, we'll, we'll start figuring out what we want to do. But it's, it's been fun enjoying the last 10 years, watching like watching them grow up and do what they want to do and be more of a part of it since I'm, since I'm not playing. Well, what great timing for you to be able to finish great. your career and then be there for the whole thing for your kids. You know, That's great. Play, it's not that bad. It's not like you're gone all the time, but you're just not, on the weekends during season, you're not there. Yeah. You know, you're gone on the weekends. And it's nice to be a part of all that. The last ten years I've been around for all that. Which are I'm your kids now. athletes as well? So my two daughters, my, my middle daughter is a skateboarder. Okay. My oldest daughter retired from sports when she was seven. She played soccer. She was a goalie in soccer. And she's like, I'm good. I'm gonna retire. Yeah. And my son plays free safety at Chandler High. He has like 15 offers for. Oh, football. good. He's awesome. Good. So so he's a senior New, this New year or just he's finished? Going to be a senior next year. Oh, good. He has an offer from New Mexico. That's, That's a good thing. Oh, hey, is that is that right? Yeah, we got. He's got New Mexico, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin. Notre Dame. Cover Washington. guy or a guy who likes to get up and hit somebody? Yes. Both. Both. Oh, good for him. Yeah, he likes contact, which is good. Well, he got that from you probably. I know I got my arm from my dad, so he he it helps. Good, it does help. I agree. Yes. Well, sure. listen, uh, you are walking around Radio Row here with somebody I want to talk to. Yes. Uh, Chris Clem is with us in uh, Border Patrol. And first of all, Chris, thank you for your service and everything you're doing. It's, da- it's dangerous out there. Uh, we're not doing a whole lot to support you guys, and I'm, I'm not talking politics here. I'm just talking truth. Yeah, no. 
Appreciate that. And, uh, you know, uh, Board of Trades, we're career. We're not political appointees. And uh, I uh, was the chief the last uh, two years, just retired at the end of the year uh, after 27 and a half years uh, on the border. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, what we're seeing or what has been shown on the media or what plays out sometimes is not actually what the men and women of the U.S. Board Trail are up against. And um, that's why I, I've partnered with uh, NFL legends like Brian to come down there and thank our agents for what they're doing because it is a, it is a humanitarian issue that we're faced on both sides of the border. And our agents are being pulled away from their primary mission of that border patrol work. And that's where the, that poison is getting into our communities. And so we, gotta, we, gotta, we really have to address that. Roman Gabriel show right here with Chris Clem and Brian Murlocker. They're talking about something that's life and death for our kids. And, you know, I, w- I want you to fill in my audience because, you know, I do the best I can based on the information that I have. But I want you to fill in some blanks for some of our parents and our kids out there. Uh, first of all, where's where, where, and these are simple questions, but I want my audience to understand this issue because a lot of the people I talk to about fentanyl do not understand what's going on with this because the government isn't educating people about it. So, Chris, where is the fentanyl coming from? All right, well, so it's coming in from all over the world into Mexico. The cartels are running that, uh, that, that industry, if you will. Um, and, and what's happening is it's coming in uh, hidden in compartments and, and on people through the lawful ports of entries as well as between the ports of entry where the Border Patrol gets involved. In fact, last year there were 700 pounds of fentanyl seized on the southwest border, at least in, in, the, in the Arizona area. Um, about half of that was at the ports by our port officers. The other half was by Border Trades because these people were backpacking it and running it through the desert. Now, the, the amount of fentanyl, like a grain of salt, is enough to be lethal. 700 pounds of fentanyl is enough to kill everybody in Arizona 21 times. And so it doesn't take much when that stuff's in the wrong hands. And so I would advise parents, I would advise anybody that's listening, do not take anything from strangers. I mean, that's something we learned in kindergarten. But in today's world, I mean, look, there are 100, 150 deaths a day from fentanyl. And how do you answer this question? This is something that, that, that people who live in the real world out here who aren't killers uh, can't understand, which is, so you're telling me that this fentanyl is coming in masqueraded as opioids laced in vape and marijuana, looking like candy. They just want to kill people. Is that the goal here? Well, I don't. I don't think that's truly the goal. I, I think that there's, uh, you know, just like anything you ingest in your body, your body's going to react differently. And so, you know, I think people are taking that risk to get that high. It's such a strong opioid. And you're correct. You know, they had that mask is almost like the old, uh, you know, uh, Valentine's can, like the sweethearts. You saw those or the, the Skittles and things like that. I mean, I hate to mention that, but that's the truth is that you cannot take anything from people you don't know what it is because that risk is out there and you're seeing it play out day in, day out. And we talk about the border all the time, but every community is a border community when we have these issues that are being you know, uh, uh, created at the border because of some of the policy things that have been adjusted and, and that need to be addressed uh, uh, for some long-term So, solutions. Brian, to you, as a, as a father mm-hmm. with kids yeah. in high school, 18 to 45 is the number one killer in our country right now. Yeah. What are you telling your kids? Well, th- they're smart enough. To not, don't take anything from anybody. You know, don't don't put anything in your mouth. Don't take. And the, the scary thing, like you said, is the skittles, the uh, the stuff that you know you don't think it might be in. You know, make sure the stuff you put in your mouth, you know where it's coming from. I think that's the, or put it in your body. But it's scary. You know, you, it's so easy to get it into the hands of these kids now. They're just basically giving it away, right? They just want. There's people give it away. Uh, it, it's luckily, I feel like my kids are smart enough to stay away from it. But there are that may be put in a situation where 
it may be on the forefront. I don't know, but it's scary to think about how easy it is to get it and get it into their hands. Brian Urlacher's with us, former Chicago Bear, and headed for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Chris Clem from the border. And Chris, you know, if you could just answer this for parents as well. I have a woman speaking tomorrow night at our event, Masa Yeager. She lost her 18-year-old gymnast daughter to an accidental fentanyl overdose for Saguaro High. So that could be Brian's daughter. I tear up when I think about that because I have a daughter uh, and I have grandkids uh, that I'm scared for. Um, so could you, in her case, she was approached by a friend who saw that she had a knee injury, took her out of gymnastics. She was taking pain pills for the injury. So this has nothing to do with trying something. Or She just was called by a friend who saw on Snapchat, which I believe 90% of this is brought to kids through Snapchat. Uh, that's, that's what the newest statistic that I heard in the last couple of weeks. So could you tell me how they are able to get this product, whether it's, uh, uh, whether it's counterfeit, opioid, pain pill, laced in vape, how are they able to get with an online service like Snapchat uh, or TikTok, and how do they go about selling this and doing this? Yeah, well, you know, I can't get into too much of the trade craft that goes on uh, in how we discover this information, but I will tell you this, that uh, the social media is not only is it ha- have some good things, but it is also contributing to a lot of the problems we're facing, whether uh, you know, the children are, are being recruited to smuggle people and things like drugs. Uh, they're using the, the Snapchats and the Instagrams and things like that. All that social media is impacting us. Um, in that specific case, you know, again, not knowing all the details there, but likelihood is that online counterfeit. Um, there may have been a trust factor there, like this is somebody I know. Uh, hey, this worked for me, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe that friend had it, and it wasn't doing the lethal, obviously, damage to her. But, again, everybody is different, and the way you experience something is going to be different than others. Once again, if it's not coming from your your prescribed doctor, if it's not something that your parents are approving, you know, do not take it because you don't know what's going to happen. Well, what's insidious, too, is, is it got delivered directly to her home. Her mom didn't know about it. She got the package, took it upstairs, thought it was a pain pill, took the first one and was dead. Yeah. Mom found her in the bedroom. Horrible. And Masa cried on my shoulder one day and said, I, I didn't know. Yeah. I had no idea. She well, said, until I went back into my kid's phone to look at some of the text and messages, she she had no idea. So she's out there educating people. I just wanted yeah. the public to know that there that there's going to be a lawsuit with eight different families that are snu- suing Snapchat yeah. for millions of dollars that's going yeah. on right now. But last question, guys. Educating our kids seems to be the only thing we can do right now to, to keep our kid alive, right? Yep. Yeah, critical. we got to do it on both ends, right? we got to support the frontline agents and officers that are stopping and keeping it off the streets, and we got to educate so there's no longer that demand. Well, I just want to hold this poster up. This is what we put in high-traffic areas of school. It's our three-step alcohol drug abstinence pledge, which means third part is talking to parents about it. So we want you guys to be out there and be great. Go to soldouttv.com, take our pledge, look at our fentanyl education page. Chris, we're going to see you Friday now at the Legends and Leaders. Brian, let's stay in touch, brother. Fellow Lobo, great job. Not just, you know, I love about having guys on our show like you. You played the game at a high level, but you're playing life at a high level, being a great dad, a great father, and going out there and getting the job done. So that's what it's all about with our kids, making sure that they're ready for the future. So appreciate you guys coming on the Roman Gabriel Show. The Roman Gabriel Show. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show. It's a Roman Gabriel Show throwback with host Roman Gabriel. 
Roman goes up close and personal with high-impact difference makers from the world of sports and entertainment. Get more exclusive content at romangabrielshow.com. Roman Gabriel Show. Welcome back to the Roman Gabriel Show. It's a Roman Gabriel Show throwback with host Roman Gabriel. Check out more at RomanGabrielShow.com. Now, here's your host, Roman Gabriel. The Roman Gabriel Show. Thanks so much for listening to The Roman Gabriel Show. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text SOLD OUT 20 to 484848. That's SOLD OUT 20 to 484848. And help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. The Roman Gabriel Show is produced in partnership with Revoice Media. Executive producers Roman Gabriel and Nick Ruffini, audio editing by Justin Thomas, and graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music, entertainment, and sports podcasts, check out revoicemedia.com. Listen to the Roman Gabriel Show at RomanGabrielShow.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.